All right, here we are with the second installment of The Wild Times. What's up, guys? How you doing? Hello. Doing okay. Quarantine. <laughs> this mate. is not how I was expecting podcast number two to go, but hey, we still all have our drinks. Cheers. That's important. Cheers, mates. Wild Times. I was thinking about introducing a new element to the podcast, which is like whenever someone makes a good joke, I give it one of these. <laughs> Wild Times. What do you got? You got a claw? I got a claw. Oh, boy. Yeah. So... Forrest has a black cherry white claw. Sure do. Retep is drinking a pint glass full of <laughs> warm red wine. <laughs> what are you doing, sir? Are you joining us, Patrick? Do you have a drink in hand? Good old-fashioned Budweiser, Bud Heavy. Ooh, so many cows, dude. Yeah, but it's so a good cold. beer. Yeah, he's going to be hammered. It's it colder than other beers. <laughs> so I'm joined today with executive producer Patrick DeLuca. Many may not know this, but he's also the uh, Smirnoff Ice Gotta Think of Everything guy. And uh, <laughs> Retep, yep. the, the audio geek who set all this up because we are all recording remotely because we are quarantined. Thank you, coronavirus. Yeah, thanks. So it's actually worse for you, Forrest, because you are solo quarantined. I'm in the real deal. Yeah, so I just got back from Indonesia and I flew through China, which means I am not allowed within six feet of any human contact for two weeks. So I'm high risk but not high risk enough to get a test. So I just have to spend two weeks um, completely isolated. And as you guys know, because we had to reschedule three times, <laughs> for the last three days, I've had no cable or internet either. So that's been just tremendous. What, what have you been doing? Reading? It sounds awful. Yeah, yeah there's, it's, it, it's not good. No one should read. You do, have, you do have a lot of great animals, though, there. Have you just been, like, out back petting your giant oversized bunny? <laughs> <laughs> I have, indeed. We've been taking care of the animals and... Uh, yeah, just doing a lot of nothing, to be quite honest. So at the same time that I was canceling a shoot in Russia, you jumped on a plane and connected through China to go to Indonesia. What was that all about? Yeah, so um, I went went over to Indonesia to work on a wildlife rescue thing. And I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to say at this point, but there's a very famous crocodile over there with a tire stuck around his neck. And I was oh, yeah. going there to try and catch him and pull the tire off his neck. And, oh, no um, way, dude. Yeah. I've saw it. It's all over the internet. You get picked for all the fun shit. Yeah, so I'm the guy that... So BKSDI is the governing conservation body in Indonesia. They, uh, they had a checklist of uh, Western kind of crocodile people, and they started with an Australian crocodile guy. He spent three weeks there, blew it. Then they called me, and they're like, hey, this guy couldn't do it. Can you get the job done? And I was like, sure can, and jumped on a plane to Indonesia to basically land, hang out for a day, and turn around and fly right home because the whole government got shut down due to coronavirus. Damn. Oh, shit. So you didn't even get to go see the crocodile. Saw it. Saw it from the riverbank, and okay. that was it. Because <laughs> we got shut down so quickly that, um, you know, I was still there for like three nights, but I wasn't allowed to engage because I had no government officials with me because the government was shut down. So Forrest and I, we've been talking about this. I don't know about you, Peter. Have you been biding your time watching Tiger King? Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's amazing. And I'm so happy that it was brought to my attention by, by Forrest. Yes, I was just blown away and burned through all seven episodes of Tiger King. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But, guys, I got to tell you something. I got a little surprise for you. What do you got? Ooh, I'll feed you, baby birds. I'll feed you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I posted about how great I thought Tiger King was and how important it was for people to watch it on my Instagram. And I got a message from a guy named Nico who said, hey, man, I've been following you for a while. Just so you know, I was one of the cameramen 
on Tiger King and I lived at the compound with Joe Exotic for 10 months and I've got some crazy dirt to tell you <laughs> from behind the scenes. No and way. Guys, Hell yeah, I dude. I swear. I was so stoked Sick. I just set it up. I was like, uh, come on the podcast tomorrow. He's like, I'm in. Pays to be an A-list celebrity, doesn't it, Forrest? <laughs> hey, yep, that's me. <laughs> so as soon as you're done with this, just click listen to podcast number three. We're going to have behind-the-scenes dirt from a cameraman who has spent almost a year there living at Joe Exotic's compound. He's got all sorts of dirt and behind-the-scenes hot, sexy <laughs> action. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. As I was watching it, I, I was thinking to myself, Forrest must know some of these no, but dudes. not even. Crazy story. So a good buddy of mine, his name's James. He's a vet, a turtle vet, not a, not a tiger producer. His boss is Eric Good, the guy who you kind of see come on and off camera very, very rarely, but he's the host, basically. Um, so James, who I've known for many years, started working on this thing four years ago as a producer, and he was like asking me for tips and stuff, and I was like, I, I don't know, man, it's going to be dog shit. Like, you don't know what you're doing. You're not a producer. Like, this isn't going to be good. And he's like, no, man, these people are crazy. It's going to be awesome. So I've known about it for years and been getting these little like tidbits of information um, I did, I'd never heard of any of these people. I didn't know that the big cat world was so Jerry Springer-esque. Like, I didn't know anything about this. Oh, my God. Nobody knew about it. It's insane. It's like a cult. It is a cult. It's a total cult, and it's a cult yeah. on both sides. And the documentary is done so well that you don't know which side to take it first. And then you're just like, oh, I hate all these people. Oh, uh, by the way, we're, we're giving spoilers in this conversation, right? We must. We yeah. must. It's important. All right, so Forrest, as a, as a biologist, like, what is your stance Without getting too serious, what's your stance on these types of zoos? Okay, well, let, let's be clear. Zoos are a good thing, in my opinion. And that's not yeah. the most popular vote in the world, but zoos have done a lot for conservation, right? They've kept species from the extinct species list. They've bred things. AZA-accredited zoos, American Zoological Association-accredited zoos, are wonderful places where animals are typically happy, and they breed animals and keep species around. These are not AZA-accredited zoos. <laughs> They're like freak shows. <laughs> no. It's like a freak yeah. show. Joe Exotic with 40 cats in a, in, a, in a child's playpen in his backyard is not a good thing. I mean, it is, it's animal abuse, first of all, but it's just mind-blowing how over-the-top and wrong it is and the fact that this goes on in our own backyards. Yeah. One of the uh, arguments that Carol, his nemesis, the she, the animal rights activist... The murderer. Yeah, she. but, but see, that's the whole thing <laughs> that makes it insane. She may or may not have murdered But so she says, yeah. you know, that the cub petting is abuse, and I was like, well, I don't get that. And then later, they show them taking the cub away from the tiger mom while she's having the baby, and I'm just like, that's clearly abuse. And not only that, but there's a bunch of allocations towards, like, that Doc Antle guy about... Um, you know, euthanizing adolescent tigers. So basically, they're, they're they've got like a puppy mill, except before the puppy becomes a dog, it goes night night, right? Ugh, Which is disgusting. Right. It's terrible. Disgusting. Like it's because breed. you can make money off of the kitten when little kids can pet it, right? But then if it becomes a full grown tiger, now you've got a thousand dollar a day problem, right? Right. Yeah. And, and not it. to mention, like you know, once they hit adolescence, they're not controllable, right? You can manipulate a tiger cub and hand it off and place mushy face with it but right. once that become once that tiger cub becomes you know a 13 year old in human years just as you couldn't tell any of us what to do when we were 13 you know you can't tell a tiger what to do except they have wolverine claws right. so you know <laughs> yeah and they oh, weigh okay. like what yeah. 400 900 pounds yeah i mean at adolescence they're not quite that big but the point is they're getting to that uncontrollable stage and they're full of you know testosterone and hormones and and they're in adolescence they're nightmares so right. <laughs> what are you gonna do they're, they're you know, what are you going to do with them? And that's 
that's apparently what's been going on, and it's, God, it's awful. Hey, Ritep, real quick, who would you say would win in a fight? A full-grown lion or a full-grown tiger? Oh, my God, that's tough. I mean, I'm going to say I'd go with a tiger, and my reasoning is just because it looks more like more like a killing machine. A lion, I feel like I see a lot of footage of them just laying around and basking in the sun. Tigers are always hunting and killing. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all lions are known for. Yeah, they're they're good sleepers. Is it weird that I agree with his logic? Like I shouldn't because it's Ritep, but it's really See, logical. You're getting used to me. Well, now. most people would say the opposite. Most people would say a lion. Forrest, do you know the story about the uh, the Indian emperor? I don't know. This was like a couple hundred years ago. Who bet a guy who had uh, been around lions in Africa, and the guy was like, "Oh no, like tigers are way tougher." And the Indian emperor was like. <laughs> I will bring a lion in and it will kill your tiger. And he was so confident that he gave him 13 million to one odds on the tiger. What? Oh my God. And so they brought, he brought a lion in from Africa, had them fight. The tiger snapped its neck in Jesus. you know 12 seconds <laughs> and he paid his bet. He paid the guy like a trillion rupees or whatever. Yeah. I like being that confident though. Yeah. 13 million to one. <laughs> That's dude. a sure thing. Dude, one yeah. of the other things from that documentary, though, is that uh, there's no regulation or there wasn't regulation until recently on owning big cats. Because, I mean, how could you just own 18 big cats? And then, like, what if they get out? And can we also talk about the fact that they cost the same as your iPhone? I heard them say in that documentary they're like 2000 bucks to buy a tiger cub. You're telling me I could have a tiger right here <laughs> if I wanted right now if I drove to Oklahoma? Right. right. That's right. insane. Dude. Dude, that was the Siberian tiger cub was two grand. I think he said the other ones were going for like 500 bucks. Which is nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. And you got idiots who just like a dog, they'll get one because they think it's cute. Then it grows up and it costs $10,000 a year to feed and they, they don't know what to do with it. So what do they do? They, they probably just release it or something. <laughs> release shit. it under the street. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's it's not quite like the uh, the little turtle that you get that gets too big and you put it in your city pond park, right? You, <laughs> right. you, like, you let your tiger out in the neighborhood because it's Jesus. grown too big for its kennel, and you might have some problems. <laughs> what did you guys think of his uh, country music? St- Legit like a it. Grammy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I couldn't believe Legit how good it liked was. It. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like, a- maybe if all of his songs were about fucking tigers, like wait, no, <laughs> but you guys heard the one song, oh, yeah. dude. He made a song about his nemesis Carol feeding her husband to lions because the accusation is that she killed her husband for money. And in the video, he's actually got an exact lookalike Dude, of he her. he found an exact lookalike. It's I was, when, I, when, I, when that first came on the screen, I was confused because I thought they had made <laughs> no. up and I he had too. got her to participate in the music video. Same. Dude, I swear to God, because I think I like looked at my phone for a second <laughs> and I looked up and I turned to my fiance and was like, Oh, they're friends now? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the middle of the series? What's going on here? This is <laughs> what wild. happened? Let, uh, let's address something that nobody talked about with regards to Tiger King. The Ligers. Did you see those massive thousand-plus-pound cats, which are hybrids between tigers oh, and lions? Those I are didn't ligers. realize that's what they were. Oh, yeah. shit. So a liger is when you crossbreed a lion with a tiger. A liger, meaning male lion, female tiger, versus a tigon, which is... Male tiger, female lion. But the ligers, for some reason, when you crossbreed those two species, they do not get the gene that stops growth. So basically, they are always on human growth hormone for cats. Jesus. So they Holy just shit. grow and grow and grow until they die, and they get actual gigantism. So there's one shot where you see Cody Antle, which was Doc Antle, the crazy guy in Florida's son, standing next <laughs> to this liger. 
the to me, I mean, don't get me wrong, the whole series was mind blowing, but that cat was one of the most mind blowing things I've ever seen. It was the size of a horse. I thought it was just like they way overfed it or like jacked it up on some horse steroids or some shit. <laughs> but again, animal abuse, basically. I mean, you're you're breeding an animal that that now will never stop growing until it dies. So like that can't be good for that can't be pleasant for anybody's body. <laughs> they get to eleven no. feet long and they will weigh twice as much as a tiger. That's you know, a mental. male tiger can reach six hundred and eighty pounds. So you know, double that, and that's what you're getting out of a cat. The size of a uh, Mini Cooper. So we asked a couple of uh, Forrest's uh, fans just to send in some questions. I really liked this one. What is the one thing that's not a necessity that you would be willing to leave the house and risk getting coronavirus for. Wow. Ritep, you go first. I mean, it's booze because I'm going crazy <laughs> yeah. here. That's what, I mean, I'm actually doing it. Sorry. Don't, don't, don't skewer me. You everybody. did leave the house today to go get some more vino. But yeah. I did also get groceries, all right? Every time you go out there, it's like a war zone. But yes, booze Literally, is Literally, everyone I talk to, everyone I'm talking to is like, yeah, I'm hanging in there, but I think I might be becoming an alcoholic. <laughs> and it makes it's making me feel really good about the fact that we're like having a bottle of wine every night. We're doing what we normally do, but everybody else is too, so now it's validated. Mine is weird. It's exercise. I cannot oh, stay yeah. cooped in the house and not get exercise. Like even just doing push-ups at home or riding the bike or whatever, no good. I need to get out to exercise. I need to go for a trail run, go to the beach, hit a gym, whatever. I have to exercise or I go Interesting. Nuts. Yeah. See, I've been, I've been switching like every other day doing like running outside or just like working out at home. But yeah, working out at home is, it just does not feel the same. It's awful. You just don't push yourself at all. <laughs> no, it's like you do one set of curls, start texting and you're like, that's probably it. That's probably good. <laughs> yeah, I will check the refrigerator between sets to see if anything has materialized <laughs> yeah. in there. Well, Legit. it's like because yeah. when you're stuck in the house the entire time, then doing anything that could normally even be enjoyable. I mean, I've literally been quarantined for over two weeks now. I've only left Jesus. three times and I'm just oh like, God. I'm just like going nuts, man. I feel sorry for all the elderly. Sorry, elderly. <laughs> like it's brutal. Imagine being alone and having nobody and being holed up at home. It's awful. Dude, my mom is 75, and she cares so much less about this than I do. No I, way. It's really weird. She's was griping to me that her Zumba class got fired, or got, <laughs> her Zumba class got uh, canceled two days ago. She's been like, going to Zumba until two days ago? Until Tuesday of this week, they were still doing Zumba in South Carolina. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It's a real problem. And she, I go, Mom, you're in the risk group. You're 75. She's like... Yeah, but I do Zumba, so I'm more like 65. And now, and now, Mama Deluca is on her way to Daytona Beach for spring break. <laughs> yeah, no, they're partying, boy. <laughs> All right, so Forrest, I've been wanting to ask you about this. At the Chattanooga Zoo, apparently Chattanooga's in America. I'm not sure. <laughs> Tennessee, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, dude, so this female Komodo dragon, which is a fucking sweet animal. Yep. Hasn't had sex with a male, and all of a sudden, she's pregnant. Gives birth to two healthy Komodo dragon babies. What the fuck is this? Boom. Evolution. In your face. Parthenogenesis. One of the coolest things I don't, there is. I don't believe it. What are you talking <laughs> fake about? Fake news. There's, <laughs> this is surprisingly not fake news. Um, there are, so there's two types of asexual reproduction, right? One is sperm retention, where two species... 
uh, let's take swell sharks, for instance, in California, they, re they mate and the female can retain that sperm for many, many years. Actually, our tortoise, mm. Patrick, fern, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was they, that the extinct one you guys found? It was, it was. And so those animals can mate once, they can copulate once, and the females can return, retain sperm within them for 15, 20 years and put out viable offspring. That's wild. Isn't that nuts? It is totally nuts. I think the lead singer from Oasis might have had a baby that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh but there, the other process at which some lizards do is called parthenogenesis. And so what parthenogenesis is, is when it's a type of reproduction where the female produces offspring without any male fertilization, without any copulation. Um, and this usually happens with species that live incredibly isolated. So Komodo dragons are, they have a very small population and they're spread out over these you know small islands throughout Indonesia, actually only in one region of Indonesia, but they're spread out over these islands. So nature has made it so that their DNA has basically male and female parts. And from the time of them being embryos to being adults, they develop basically both sexual organs, um, even though they're, they're female or male by anatomy and on the outside. And then if they reach a certain point in life where they have never connected with the other sex, their body can go into a state that allows them to reproduce without mating. And that's called parthenogenesis. And it's it's basically cloning. Um, and that's what these Komodo yeah, dragons can do. You know, what's interesting with lizards and a lot of these animals, because uh, fish do it, certain fish do it, certain insects do it with parthenogenesis, is they don't succumb to what we call genetic bottlenecking. So genetic bottlenecking is when, uh, say, what happened with cheetahs. They got driven down to the point where there were like only 400 cheetahs in the world at one point, something like that. I don't know the exact number. Now cheetahs are super susceptible to diseases because their genes became so limited. There were only 400 of them to share genes. You know, there wasn't a lot of diversity. But these animals that have parthenogenesis or the ability to reproduce this way, they do not succumb to um, a lot of genetic diseases. So even though there's limited variation, they're, they're, they're not weak by any means, which is fascinating. And I, I don't frankly understand why that is, but it's a fascinating thing nonetheless. It's like when they breed dogs to, to be purebred dogs, they obviously have all sorts of problems, are way more susceptible to illnesses. And Well, it's like when two cousins fight. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah, would know a lot about by that. By the way, have that? you guys noticed, and, and uh, you know, not to get too, too raunchy, but... Have you guys noticed that the vast majority of porn these days is stepbrothers and stepsisters? Yeah. I, yeah, I have noticed ridiculous. this and I don't care for it. I do not understand when no sisters interest. and brothers and cousins became sexy. That is no good. <laughs> Dude, I had three stepsisters that were like within my age range, probably attractive. There was never a time, even when I was a 13-year-old horny boy, <laughs> where I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see her in the right. shower. It's, like, so I don't know who this is for. The weirdest part question. is that it's made up. It's fake. So it's like they're, they're capitalizing <laughs> right. on just the idea of this as if somebody was like, hey, put this out there. It'll sell well. And it must because it's not like they're <laughs> right. not looking at the analytics. You know what I'm it's saying? No good. It's the only thing. It's no good. There's the nothing fuck? else available right now. This yeah, is why this humans is are doomed, man. We have no control. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense yet. People are looking at it fucking day in and day out. I bet with this quarantine, I bet the like porn stats are through the roof. Oh, oh yeah. Be. I bet porn. Oh, by the yeah. way, oh, side killing. note, this is valuable to the listeners as well. Uh, Pornhub, I think it was, basically made their premium channel free. So, you know, people are capitalizing on that shit. <laughs> 
This is how, how valuable you know to the listeners. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you beware. <laughs> I think it might be time, guys. For what? For the Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. By the way, uh, last time I thought your animals were ludicrous and ridiculous. Mine was obviously fantastic and the winner. <laughs> okay, but here's what I want to do. I want to change Battle Royale. Because we're stuck at home, let's, uh-huh. let's, let's do this. Let's engineer a new house pet using three parts of an animal that you'd have to be okay. in quarantine with. And the goal is what? Is to make the cutest... The best, the most cute, adorable. Pet. Yeah, this is your quarantine buddy, right? You're like me. You're in complete isolation. You have you have no friends, <laughs> right? And, right. And this is it. You have to engineer three. You have to combine three animals to create your perfect stay-at-home pet. Okay. Okay. Well, I I'm happy to jump in first Let's do here. It. Let's hear it. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the body. Of a six-week-old kitten. <laughs> Come on, that's a dead yeah. giveaway. So, Horrible, obviously. Yeah. So I've got I've got a six-week-old kitten. It's fuzzy. It is cuddly. Uh, they smell good. Uh, I'm starting there. Smart. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it the head of a baby hummingbird. Wow. <laughs> Come on. Have you seen a baby? Dude, have you seen how cute like a little baby bird's they beak move is? They move too fast. I can't see them. Dude, they're fuzzy. They have feathers coming out. Okay. All right, fair enough. They're a good time, man. <laughs> so I've got this tiny little head, which is very cute, on this cute kitten's body. Okay. okay. I'm going to give it the feet. So all four feet on the kittens at the end of the kitten's legs are going to be a human baby's feet. Oh, my feet. God. <laughs> Get out of here. Everyone loves little... Dude, are you this kidding? Dude, watch a bunch of women get around a newborn baby. Are you baby. a woman? Will they the women all, be living with this? Or I thought this was our animals living I'm with tr- us. I'm trying to sell these <laughs> online. Dude, if you look at a group of women around a newborn human baby, they cannot stop playing with the feet. They are touching <laughs> them. They're rubbing the feet all over their faces. <laughs> they're putting the feet in their mouths. This is, going to, this is going to be the new thing. <laughs> You got a name for it? It's called the Fru. Very cute <laughs> it's name. A cute it's name. very weird. It's F R and then three strange. Fru. <laughs> all right, Fru. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> all right, um, what do you got for us? All right, I'm gonna go ultimate cute. Uh, God, this is easy. All right, I'm gonna go head <laughs> of a slow Loris. If you don't know Ooh, what a slow Loris yeah. is, aka Peter, you need to use Google. Uh, <laughs> I'm so upset right now. A slow Loris has the biggest oh, eyeball God, to cute. head ratio. Probably in the world. They are just adorable. But if you use their body, they will kill you because they are a venomous mammal. So we will go with the body of a red panda, if you're familiar with this animal. Everybody (laughs) loves a panda. Okay, there's... Yeah. Quite a discrepancy in body to yeah, head size yeah, there. Yeah, Interesting. Be a, r- <laughs> real little head that. and a medium to large size body. <laughs> so slow Lars head, yeah. red panda body... And I'm going to throw in some little hedgehog feet. Okay. <laughs> little, little, they're Why? adorable. Tough. They're like these little... Have you hedgehog seen hedgehog feet? feet? They're like these little weird <laughs> alien soft, like like droopy hands. When I tried to play with your hedgehog, it bit me yeah, within two yeah, seconds. They're not nice. But was it like a cute nibble or did it actually like take a chomp that drew blood? No, I needed a hand. <laughs> <You did. laughs> well, I guess we're talking about cute looking. So right now I'm going to say Forrest is in the lead out of you two, especially mm. Pat. With That's your fruckers. <laughs> Forrest, okay. 
Oh yeah, what's yours called, Forrest? A slow pan dog. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Good call nice. to slow Loris. God damn. I, I, I should have thought I'm of that. pretty pretty upset because and I swear to God that slow Loris is what I was gonna pick for the eyes and face. Oh come on! I swear to God, <laughs> yeah, you I didn't know my what it was. Browser history. Ago. <laughs> no, but I will say you, you you made me happy again by letting me know that it was venomous because I did not know that. I just looked at a picture of it and I was like, I would not want to be living with a venomous slow loris. So I'm I'm glad. Peter, just go ahead and do the body, face, and feet of a blobfish. <laughs> that's what you're gonna end up doing. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's what I look like, mate. I don't want anything that looks like me. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna start with the ear. Um, and I'm going to go with the ears of a fennec fox. Because wow, that's powerful. A fennec yeah, fox's ears are, I mean, aside from the animal, if it was just the ears, it would win this competition. Because <laughs> the ears are huge. I don't know Truth. if you've ever seen them. They're just it's enormous good. radar dishes. It's good. Okay, so the ears of a fennec right. fox. <laughs> and then, so now I have to audible my, uh, my face. So I'm going to go with the face of an otter pup, a sea otter pup. Jesus. Yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, coming strong. You're making up yeah. for last week. <laughs> Definitely thought he was going to uh, say a bat with a rat's tail. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it for sure. Yeah. All right. So, and then I think I'm going to go. So what I've got ears and I've got face. And then I, I'm going to go a little conventional here. Got anything I'm else? Go a little conventional here. Yeah, I really want the listeners to visualize this. I'm going with the body of a really, really soft white bunny. Why oh is that God, laughable? You started so Why strong. Is that you just... I know. You just <sighs> tanked at the end You there, have giant bunnies. You clearly like <laughs> true, obese I do. bunnies. So. <laughs> and then to finish it off. No, that's three. Yeah. That's all you get. Oh, is it, does so, it always have to be three? Is that the rule? Yes. That's the self-imposed rule that's, that's being made now. Even if I'm going to give it a rat's tail <laughs> needle point chart. <shark. laughs> all right. All right. Okay, I got... What's, what's yours called? What's called? A fennec otter... Oh, boy, bunny. that's original. God, that's lame. Sorry. <laughs> all right, whatever. You got, you got a case yeah. of bad so, brain. You know what, guys? Sorry. Let's make it interesting. So <laughs> for on. all the listeners out there, if you're enjoying our Battle Royale, um, we're going to go ahead and vote... For our animals, it can either be the Throop from Mr. DeLuca. Throop. Throop. You got to roll the R. Thank it's a you. lot of R's. Thank you. The, uh, the slow pan dog created by yourself, myself, Forrest Galante, or the fennec otter yeah. bunny from here. <laughs> Let's see. Everybody vote, and someone will be picked at random to win a brand new piece of hex technology, the hex suit. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, and we can talk about what the hex suit is. It's one of my main tools in the field, one of Patrick's main tools in the field, something we use all the time. And uh, we will pick someone at random to win a hex suit. So leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Tell us if you like the Throop, the Slope Band Dog, or the Fennec Otter Bunny. <laughs> Can I vote? And uh, like win yourself win. some Hex. What? So what is a Hex suit? So the Hex suit, it's, it's a piece of technology that Patrick, myself, and the rest of our team use in the field a lot. It is um, a garment that has technology built in it that has the same tech as what's in the door of your microwave oven. So it blocks the body's naturally occurring electrical magnetic energy so that animals that pick up on EMR um, or EME, electrical magnetic energy, cannot sense you. So things like, you know, birds that use it for migration, sea turtles that use it for navigation, and a whole lot of other species we're learning 
use this as their sixth sense. And it's also really cool, really light, and really comfortable. Dude, that's crazy. In addition to being an awesome piece of gear, that's like nuts. Leave us a comment on iTunes. Let us know whose animal. Also, if you have an animal that you want to comment, I'd love to see that too. Oh, yeah. What's your cutest? Yeah, Ooh, can anyone? Idea. That's a real challenge. Can anyone top any of these three? That's the real question here. <laughs> well, I think millions. They of can people definitely can. top. They can definitely top Peter's because a it's, hummingbird face, dude. Nobody's even seen a hummingbird's face. You're out of your gourd. You just saw one out your window, dude. <laughs> you just saw. one. Listeners didn't hear that part. I'm so annoyed, though, Forrest. Uh, I got some really, really bad news. Ooh. Lay it on me. Scientists have discovered that uh, jellyfish can release these big blobs of mucus and they float in the ocean and they can sting you real bad. Is this new? I haven't heard of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. The jellyfish turn themselves upside down on the floor Ah, of the ocean. Cassiopeia's. Yeah, they release these mucus blobs. And if you walk into one, it does you in. Interesting. You might remember, Patrick, when we were shooting in the Bahamas for Extinct or Alive, I found upside-down jellyfish, Cassiopeia. Okay. Um, and that's the, those are the kind that go upside-down. And it's funny because you can scoop them up, and they're, they're, they seem harmless as long as you touch the outside. But I did not know that they could release gelatinous globs of their tentacles. This is amazing. Yeah, it says that in... Uh they first discovered this in 1908, but they thought that it was just, uh, they were emitting just clusters of parasites that had infected them. Okay. But it's actually the stinging nematocyst cells. Why the fuck are they doing it? Like, that's, you're just being a jerk. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. I mean, is it, it's got to be for like hunting food and getting an animal to get paralyzed so then they can go dissolve it with their weird gelatinous mouths. But they mouths. have no way, yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's... That's lunacy because how would they know where to go? (laughs) Electromagnetic wave fields, man. (laughs) They're really good at reading the currents. Uh, No, this is just a dick move. Total dick move. They're literally calling it stinging snot. Can we give those Cassiopeias the Dick of the Week Award? (laughs) Yes. I thought you had a sound effect for the Dick of the Week Award. I do. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Dick of the Week. So, Forrest, I've seen all these stories, first of all, that I think are bullshit about all these animals that are now coming out because humans are inside. But this one piqued my interest because I saw you had posted about a spotted Malabar civet. civet. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this. Let's break this down into two parts. First of all, you're right, Ritap. People are sharing a bunch of feel-good news that is bullshit. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, look. Are there positive repercussions to people being quarantined globally? Of course. Like the the water in the canals in Venice is way clearer because there's no boat traffic, right? But apparently yeah. pollution is way down in LA, something like the least least smog since the 80s. That's fantastic. But these stories of dolphins in the canals of Venice, those were pictures taken in Sardinia that someone just bullshitted because they wanted to go viral. The, the swans that were showing up there, those swans are there every day of the year. Oh my. Dude, so, uh, so really? that person yeah. knew they were full of shit too, which yeah. makes it even worse. <laughs> Just going and, for internet I don't know, points. And I think uh, that my favorite one for the internet points is um, someone posted that elephants in Wuhan, China, of course, Wuhan being the center of coronavirus, right. have been enjoying themselves so much that they're breaking into tea plantations and getting drunk on fermented tea and passing out. 
and those pictures are just completely fake. Like oh nobody's God. been able to figure out where they're from, but they're definitely not from Wuhan, which is in a state of complete calamity. No, I mean, and, you can uh, never deny the creativity of humans looking at a couple of passed out boredom. elephants and being like, not they broke creativity. into a tea house and got drunk. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. well, and then people to, believe it. Forrest, don't elephants get drunk in uh, Zimbabwe, where you're from? They do, on marula fruit. Yeah, they will go and eat um, fermented marula fruit. And it's the only time of the year where you can see elephants napping next to lions and, <laughs> and impala and everything. Because everything comes and eats this marula, this fermented marula fruit and gets absolutely tanked. So animals do get drunk, let's be clear. Dude, um, have you had, Ratep, have you had amarula? Uh, no, it's, I don't think a, so. How would you describe it for us? It's like a, it's like a Bailey's-like liqueur from the marula fruit. Yeah, so this, it's good. It's oh tasty. Oh, my God. It's so Does it good. get you, you as hammered as... Glass. <laughs> in fact i got a funny i got a funny story about marula fruit like think of this like thick chunky bailey's like liqueur um on our uh, on our season two premiere night of extinct or um, alive yeah. of extinct or alive yeah we had a party in santa barbara and patrick and i gave some toasts and some speeches and you know handed out some like gifts some leathermans that we had made for the crew and uh i gave a bottle of this amarula which is it's not cheap stuff you know it's 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 good high quality liqueur to our editor, Jesse. And uh, I was like, here, you know, thanks so much for all your hard work, man. You've been cutting the show. You know, you've been so great to work with. And and Jesse's about five foot five. And, uh, I, you I know, was say 4'11". Yeah, it's real generous. Um, you know, he, um, he, he, what I'm getting at is he probably couldn't hang with the amount of alcohol consumption that was taking place at the party. Right. So he just decided to crack his, you know, couple hundred dollar bottle of marula amarula from africa and start sharing it with the entire party and smash the entire creamy heavy liqueur bottle <laughs> by taking handle pulls oh, is that God. why he didn't show up to breakfast the next day that would be why yeah, yeah so, he got, so he got he got real shit face on the medulla wine. yeah he was a when mess. you want to get drunk you also want to ingest a full bottle of cream that's, yeah that's my rule that's good yeah so th that said forrest what about this uh you know i mean you guys do extinct or alive they're claiming that an animal they thought was extinct or very near extinction has been seen basically just walking around i think it came out of well, india the, the video they showed it's walk it's crossing the street yeah, it's like out in... It is. Yeah. It's in town, and town's abandoned. You see no people in the video. Right. Um, aside from all the fake wildlife news, this was a genuine image of a civet walking through a town in India, an abandoned town in India. And the idea is that because, you know, nobody's out running around, here comes this critically endangered spotted Malabar civet. I actually posted this right. and said, somebody help me understand this because... I can't find any credible sources. And as a scientist, like, I'm not just going to be like, check this out. It's real. Right, right. And so there's a whole lot of discussion going on as to whether or not this is a Malabar civet mm -hmm. or if it's an Indian small civet, which is a similar, much smaller animal that has almost identical markings. And unfortunately, the photo doesn't give us any scale. So it's next to impossible to tell. Okay, so I mean, it's out there. It's kind of like a controversy going on right now. Nobody knows yet. It could be. Let's look at the positive here, right? The positive is you've got an incredible creature, whether it's the Malabar large spotted civet or the Indian small civet, walking around the streets of a busy city when humans disappear. And I think the positive here, what we're looking at is look at what happens when we just give the world a minute to take a break. From you know, humans. animals start to come out. Right. Of, yeah, from humans. Yeah. yeah. Animals start to come out of hiding. They start to go, you know, into the streets and look around. And, you know, this is true, whether 
whether you know fake fake reports of dolphins in the canals <laughs> Drunk are there or not yeah this is real and i think it's pretty amazing you know not to get too heavy but it's pretty amazing to see what just a week or two of break from human activity will do to the planet absolutely do you guys um obviously everyone's stocked up to some extent don't hoard shit i am uh using napkins as toilet paper um <laughs> But we you do that normally, don't lie. It's not bothering me at all, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, are you guys... Uh, so we got a bunch of fruit, right? So we got some bananas and, and apples and stuff. I'm just naming fruits. Things with rhymes, um, hopefully, that you can take Do you guys off. enjoy when you come down to your fruit basket and it's uh, covered in fruit flies? Does that make you happy? Dude, I... <laughs> <laughs> love it. Fruit flies are a, a, a nuisance only second to mosquitoes in my There were so many fruit flies on my fucking bananas today that I literally was like fantasizing about blowing up a fruit fly to be the size of me so that I could <laughs> disarm it limb from limb <laughs> and stab it. I was so angry. That should have been your cute animal. <laughs> Just a, a giant fruit fly? Yeah, a giant attack fruit well, fly. Well, I was surprised to learn as I started Googling about why are there so many goddamn fruit flies, that the city of Los Angeles, where we live, is releasing millions of fruit flies into the air what? via airplane. Why the fuck would they do that? Day. These, these, yeah, wait, these psychopaths? Dude, you, this, is, this is a real this is thing? Legit. We have an invasive Mediterranean fruit fly that's an invasive species that's, I guess, killing crops in California or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And so to combat that, they're flying in planes and releasing 125,000 regular fruit flies. This is a nightmare. That are sterile. <laughs> okay. Sterile fruit flies. Okay. 125,000 right. fruit flies per square mile. Holy shit. Over the, over the skies of Los Angeles. So we're literally wow. putting millions of sterile fruit flies into the air to mate with these shitty Mediterranean fruit flies to kill them off. So, so it's like wow. a nuisance now, but it, it's going to eventually eradicate this these invasive pests. Yeah, but I would I don't care about the invasive Mediterranean fruit fly. <laughs> I care about the millions of fruit flies they're putting into the sky above my house. E- eating oh. your fucking bananas, <laughs> mate. You know why they have to do that? Because these fruit flies they only live about forty days. In it's total. too much. So they Way have too to long. Con- <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that but down they- to thirty. Three. <laughs> But they have to, cont- and they can lay hundreds and hundreds of eggs each, which hatch within 24 hours. Ugh. So they're 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 crazy, they're horrible creatures. Um, but they have to continue. I didn't know any of this, by the way. But they have to continually release them. Otherwise, you know, the sterile fruit flies will just continue to reproduce at an alarming rate. So it's a biohack to fight an invasive species, which frankly is amazing. But it is. Really not very pleasant when you get down to your fruit basket in the morning and it's black with <laughs> well, fruit. Well, couldn't there be like some wild like, repercussions to that? What if it got out of control? Oh, dude. They released a batch that wasn't sterile or something. We'd be doomed. So, Forrest, we, we both been, have you been to New Zealand, Peter? I have not. Would love to go. You guys should okay. take Okay, let's do it. <laughs> uh, after, let's the virus, after the plague. <laughs> Podcast um, 11 coming at nice. you from New Zealand. It, dude, Noted, for, scheduled. For people that haven't driven around New Zealand, like I think we both did this where we rented a car at mm-hmm. the top of the North Island and drove all the way to the, the bottom of the South Island. Yep. There is just roadkill everywhere. Millions okay. and millions and millions of what look like ferrets. Yep. And they're called a stoat. And the New Zealand government brought this stoat in to combat an invasive species. I can't remember if it was a mouse or a rat. 
The possum, I believe. Okay. So they brought these sort of ferret-like creatures in called a stoat, and their population exploded beyond belief. And it was a huge backfire. Like, it's a disaster. That's what I was saying about the fruit flies. I mean, who knows what's going to happen when humans intervene. And this is a story, actually, I believe the stouts were brought in in to combat rabbits, if I remember correctly. I think they're really good rabbit hunters. But um, this is a story as old as time. You know, we did this in Hawaii. And and you're not wrong, Patrick. The amount of roadkill in New Zealand is insane. And we often do this where we think because we understand an animal and its ecology and its behavior, that we will bring it to a new environment and it will control something. Um, A perfect example of that, Hawaii, complete mess. Uh, We brought rats into Hawaii. The rats started to eat the bird eggs. And we're like, oh, crap, this is terrible. We're losing an alarming rate of bird species in Hawaii. Let's bring mongoose in to hunt the rats. Now there's mongoose all over Hawaii, which are diurnal, by the way, and nobody thought of this, and rats all over Hawaii at night, still eating the birds, and oh, neither God. of these two Jesus. animals are killing each other, and Hawaii now they're sounds both like there. sounds like a nightmare. It, it, and this, is a, this goes on and on and on. Cane toads in Australia, I mean, the roads are, are they run red with the blood of cane toads, which are invasive <laughs> yeah. species that you just mow over in your car. And they're so um, big. Ugh. Ugh, big, disgusting, venom-glanded toads that were brought in to eat cane beetles. One of the things that was in uh, Tiger King that I did like, that I appreciated, was the fact that they do feed all the roadkill. Like if somebody hits a deer or something out there, they basically bring it to Exotic Joe to feed to the tigers at least. So all that... And the Walmart meat. Well, yeah, the Walmart meat, which also his employees get to pick through first. (laughs) I also like how they they had frozen pizzas from the Walmart. Yeah. Like, yeah, Tiger just likes a nice, uh, a nice DiGiorno. <laughs> By the way, it does. Don't, don't, don't knock a DiGiorno. Any animal will eat that. Oh, Boy. my God, dude. Getting a little tipsy here. This is fantastic. You just guzzled a pint of red wine, sir. I've been so deprived of human contact for two weeks that this is the best part of my week by far. Wait. Is that why your pants are off and your hands have not come above the table once during this video conference? <laughs> Oh my God, it's Uh, been an hour already, and that's true. (laughs) So did you guys see what's going on in Florida right now with the whole coronavirus thing? Yeah, apparently the state of Florida is not taking this seriously. Well, it's more more the people that are going there for spring break who aren't taking it seriously, though, right? Well, dude, my, my fiance's cousin lives in like a nice part of Clearwater Beach, and she texted us last night that her neighbor's we're allowing their college kids to have a huge keg party and they were all doing keg stands and there was like 60 college age kids doing keg stands in the yard next to hers. See, this Dude. is my point. This is why I'm ragging on Daytona. They're having yeah. fun and I'm <laughs> sitting here in isolation. So. <laughs> right. Humans are, man, just sometimes the worst. I saw in India that the cops are going around and if anybody's not obeying like the curfew or the quarantine or whatever, they literally just have these basically whips and they're just whipping people on the back and the ass as Good. they go down the street on their mopeds. <laughs> no, did you kidding. see? His videos all dude, over. Should. Dude, one up from that, there's gangs, I want to say in Colombia, that are because the go- they said because the government is failing to enforce the curfew law, the gangs themselves are going to teach you a lesson if you're out past 8 p.m. I'm all so about the, it. The, I'm all about yeah, it. There yeah, is, there is gang violence taking place to keep the curfew up. It's but dude, insane. I'm How down about with the fact it. that like, the gangs were like, hey, we should step up and enforce. 
Like, let's be the good guys here. Right. Well, (laughs) it's amazing. In South America, the government was like, okay, you're not allowed to lay anybody off and we'll pay their salary. And then people are just like, with with what? Like 10 trillion Venezuelan dollars? Because it's so inflated already. It's just not helping out there. So I think the gangs, I mean, they realize this (laughs) shit and they're like, hey, well, we're going to fix this the old fashioned way with violence. So the ultimate, the so what you're, what I'm hearing is that we have to get a gang from Brazil and take them to Florida. That's what I'm hearing. Is this correct? Zero, zero question. Okay. Man, when you're in college, you are so cocky, or I'm speaking for the three of us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're the cockiest you've ever been in your life mm-hmm. when you're in college. Like I could, I could totally imagine myself at age 20 being like, Dude, it's going to be like a cold if I get it. Fuck it. Totally. Zero question. Totally. Zero question. There's a girl who might want to give me a kiss if I go to the beach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the IQ points in, in collective settings just drop so quickly. Oh, oh my God, dude. And then throw in a, a bit of booze. Miss those days. That's how I lost my tooth. <laughs> well, did you see that? Uh, so I, I get most of my news from CNBC. Because they're pretty uh, bipartisan, like they, mm-hmm. it's just how is this going to apply to the markets, and so you kind of, it's like a filter. Mm. But one of the pieces of financial news that I came across yesterday was that divorce attorneys all over America are already seeing a massive spike in calls that they're getting for divorces. Oh, a spike. I thought you were yeah. going to go the other way. I thought no. couples were like getting along because they were stuck together and forced to speak. Are you nuts? Quite the opposite, sir. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> this is causing couples to call uh. divorce attorneys at an alarming rate. Can you imagine? You And you're quarantined with said counterpart. So she's sitting in the living room and you're hiding in the bedroom <laughs> calling a divorce yeah. attorney to get a quote. Honey, yeah, I'm going to go to the grocery store. in the bathroom store. flushing the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to go to the grocery store. You just go sit in the car and call your lawyer. Right. Well, the other thing is, you know, there's around the around the U.S. There's tens of thousands of uh, like destination weddings and weddings that have had to been postponed. I feel like 50 percent of those people aren't even going to go through with it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Probably for the the better. All the hype, all the buildup, all the excitement. Hold on to your horses because it's not happening. Right. Well, dude, you're now forced to be in close quarters yep. and not leave the house. And what if this goes on, say, till like September? I mean, people are just going to be so fed up with each other. The wedding is off. People, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Forrest, like we're we're supposed to go out and do a couple international adventures. Yep. You know, as soon as we can. Right. I mean, how, like, what if this does extend three months? Like, what do you think mentally you can handle it? I can handle being quarantined for three months. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to like it. I'm, but I live in an area in Santa Barbara where I can go to the mountains. I can go to the beach. I can get outside. If I were in a New York City apartment, I would go nuts. I would, yeah. I would lose my mind. I need to go outside every single day, even if it's just in my own garden. But if I were stuck you know, in downtown New York, I don't know what I'd do. Which is the scariest possible place to be right now in the totally. U.S. Yep. So let's let's play this game. Coronavirus is going to go on for the foreseeable future. This will happen. The cause will get worse. People are going to panic and die. All these fun things. Where are you going? Why Why are you going there? Where's your Eden? You know, where are you going? And, you know, let's you got to think about resources, 
food, water, you know, where are you going and why are you staying there? I got mine. Ritev, take it away. So I think, you know, the food and resources, I just go to the grocery store and pack up my car. And then there's actually like a lot of places, not to shit on your point, but uh, there's a lot of places where you can just go into the mountains and camp completely by yourself. There's nobody around you. It's off-grid camping. And I've been there before and I loved it even when there wasn't a play going around. So I think that's where I'd go. And it's not very far from here. You're talking about an hour away from even LA. So I think, you know, I could get there quick. You're thinking Oof. real short term. Yeah. You're thinking gonna like, I'm going to go on a weekend camping trip. Like, what are you going to eat? What is it? Like I yeah. said, like I said, do you, are you talking like if the apocalypse happens and societal collapse? Dude. So, yes. All right. That's, that's a different story. I would just die. I'd kill myself. Okay. <laughs> I can't survive in that. I, I, I agree with yeah. your sentiment. I think that's what you would do. I'd come and hitch my wagon to your star, dude. <laughs> Be like, hey, Forrest, take well, me with you. I'm surprised you picked uh, going and sleeping in a tent in the mud an hour outside of LA. Well, that's how you yeah, see it. You're an call. idiot, but okay. When when <laughs> I've, I've been with you to the place where I'm going to go, which is I'm going to the North Shore of Kauai. Oh, very nice. Yeah. There is pleasant. a wonderful Costco right by the airport. How are you going to get there? You're going to take, <laughs> gonna you're gonna take a SUV. paddle boat? Society has collapsed, I'm going to rent mate. an SUV. <laughs> and drive over the ocean. Oh, shit. Oh, you're poking holes in my story now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just like my story was poked. <laughs> so I've got to be able to drive for us because it's no, a total breakdown. Uh, no, you. so societal collapse is coming, but you ah. can travel somewhere. So you got to get there and yeah. get set up. North right? Shore of Kauai. Costco is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful. Exist. It's it's a beautiful place to be. Have you been to Kauai? I have, yeah, only once, and I was about seventeen, but loved it. I mean, it's stunning. It's unbelievable. Yeah. If Kauai wasn't a five-hour flight, we would talk about it the way that we talk about like Bali, right? It's <laughs> totally. fucking incredible. It's like yep. the best place in the world. It's got they, uh, they filmed Jurassic Park there, didn't they? Sure did. Yeah. It's so a I would place. go and and I encourage everybody to look this place up. Innocence Island in the Bahamas. It's the largest private island in the Bahamas. I believe it's for sale for like 150 million dollars for any of our <laughs> listeners that just feel like a weekend getaway. Let's do a go fund. Got some rich listeners. Yeah. It's a it's a 600 acre private island, flush with a with a a freshwater lake, tons of palm trees full of coconuts. Coral reefs all around it, white sand beaches, and it's in the Bahamas. Just sounds like heaven. Well, I mean, it's it's a great idea, except now that you've told our millions of listeners that are all obviously going to be going there first. So you really fucked up there. Yeah, price went up. Price just went up. <laughs> By the way, it, so it was listed for $55 million, Didn't sell. It went to auction. And someone got it for $17 million. Oh, come on. Are you serious? Yeah. That's Damn. my dream home. Dude, there's like a full resort on the island that was yep. included. We could there's, just it, like form a gang and go take it over. We Let's should. do that. Let's Absolutely. do that. Yeah. It has a private runway. Want... Nice. Does it really? It does, yeah. And an oh, international dude. airport code, so you don't even have to clear customs. You can just land. Sweet. We could bring all the... If you're listening and you want to form a gang with the three of us <laughs> and go take over this island, leave a comment <laughs> on the iTunes. All right, guys. That just spiked the audio. <laughs> yeah. um, this has been the most social interaction I've had in a while. Ratep still doesn't have pants on. I can see it over the Zoom meeting. Um, you assholes. Just finished his second pint yeah. of red wine. God, what a guy. But <laughs> yeah, about you know, this is the wrap-up up on the second Wild Times podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it. Um, because we're all stuck in quarantine and isolation, we'll be doing another one tomorrow. And oh, tomorrow... Yeah. 
Um, you guys should have received your cases of Wild Tonic today, alcoholic kombucha. Did you guys get that? Sure did. Very excited. Yes, Peter, how many have you had so far? I am on my, well, third pint glass full, but that's besides the point. <laughs> what a lunatic. Um, but we'll be, uh, we'll be, guys, let's just get drunk on some Wild Tonic tomorrow night and tell some stories. Hell yeah. I think we shall. I think we must. Yeah. This is good. All right. All right. Good night, Good night. Vote well, for my animal. Good night. Good night. Wild time.